March 9th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will come from the book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 22 through 52. This chapter is all about preparation. We have already read about the preparation for betrayal. We've read about preparation for burial and preparation for fellowship. Today, we'll read about preparation for danger and preparation for death. First, with regard to danger, the good fellowship in the upper room made the twelve forget the danger outside. So, Jesus gave them a warning. Peter was not the only one who boasted and felt self-confident. And they all said, likewise, it says here in verse 31. So heed his warnings, he knows what's coming. And then uh, in regard to our preparation for death, Jesus' prayers reveal the conflict in his holy soul as he faced bearing the sins of the world on the cross. You see, when you have a Gethsemane experience, pray what he prayed. And that was, not what I will, but what you will. Peter had a sword, but Jesus took a cup. You need not fear the cup the Father has prepared for you. Jesus could submit to the abuse of men because he had already submitted to the will of God. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. The book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 22 through 52. As they, the disciples, were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread and asked God's blessing on it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood, poured out for many, sealing the covenant between God and his people. I solemnly declare that I will not drink wine again until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then they sang a hymn and went on to the Mount of Olives. All of you will desert me, Jesus told them, for the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, Even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Peter, Jesus replied, The truth is, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. No, Peter insisted, not even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. And they came to an olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, Sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be filled with horror and deep distress. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell face down on the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep, 
"'Simon,' he said to Peter, "'are you asleep? "'Couldn't you stay awake and watch with me even one hour? "'Keep alert and pray. "'Otherwise, temptation will overpower you. "'For though the spirit is willing enough, "'the body is weak.' "'Then Jesus left them again and prayed, "'repeating his pleadings. "'Again he returned to them and found them sleeping, "'for they just couldn't keep their eyes open.' and they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them the third time, he said, Still sleeping? Still resting? Enough! The time has come. I, the Son of Man, am betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up! Let's be going. See? My betrayer is here. And immediately as he said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a mob that was armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent out by the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the other leaders. Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I go over and give him the kiss of greeting. Then you can take him away under guard. As soon as they arrived, Judas walked up to Jesus. Teacher! he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. And then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But someone pulled out a sword and slashed off an ear of the high priest's servant. Jesus asked them, Am I some dangerous criminal that you come armed with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But these things are happening to fulfill what the Scriptures say about me. Meanwhile, all his disciples deserted him and ran away. There was a young man following along behind, clothed only in a linen nightshirt. When the mob tried to grab him, they tore off his clothes, but he escaped and ran away naked. I'm Derek Burrs, 34 years old from Lancaster, Ohio. Most of you know my backstory from before, but I'll touch on it quickly. I've experimented with every drug around and opiates are my true poison. I've lost all but two years of my adult life to incarceration due to terrible decisions from my de desperation to get high. Through all of that, nothing made me consider sobriety. By the grace of God, my family suggested I enter the refuge since they could tell I'm on the same old path as before. Me agreeing to go to the orientation is single-handedly the best decision I've made in my life. I came in to get off drugs and what I'm in store for is a total mental, physical, and emotional transformation. If I didn't complete this, I'd feel like I'd be depriving myself of a life I've always desired. To all of you brothers in phase one, please give it a chance because the only way it won't work is if you leave. Just give it to God and he will work out, out the rest. There is nothing more gratifying than seeing and talking to your loved ones and them telling you about the mountains that God's moved in, in your transformation. They will hear the power in your voice and see the glow that you radiate with God in your life. This is the happiest I've been in my life and it's natural. I smile and I'm in a good mood for no reason. We have brothers that love us and genuinely care, so trust in the process and let it all happen. The change I've seen in myself in the two months is unexplainable, so I can only imagine what 13 months would do for me. So please just give it a chance. Give it to God and trust in your brothers. He gave us all another chance in life, so use it. I love you all.
the Bible says, Jesus, the Son of God. This is probably the most touching part of the Bible to me, is that story in the garden. Do you ever get that? Before Jesus was going to be crucified, he's in the garden. And, uh, and Mark, Mark chapter uh, 14, it talks about how Jesus starts to pray to his Father. In Mark 14, but, but listen to what it says. It says, Jesus says, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. And it says, going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And Jesus said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but yours be done. Do you get that? Like Jesus is looking at the Father, and first he says, man, my soul. He goes, man, I hurt so bad right now. He goes, I feel like I'm going to die. You ever felt like that? You ever, I, I don't know, some of you may have felt this before, where you hurt so bad inside, you want to do anything you can to get rid of the pain. And like, it, it's emotional, but it becomes physical. And you're like, man, I can't stand life right now. I just want to get rid of this pain. So you medicate yourself, you drug yourself, you just don't want to think, and you even think about ending your life because you're going, man, I just want to jump because I don't want to feel this pain anymore. Here's Jesus, the one and only Son of God, looking at his dad and going, Dad, I feel like I'm going to die right now. And the Bible says he was in so much anguish that he was sweating blood, which what we understand medically is possible, where you are in such anguish that blood starts coming out of your pores. And Jesus, the Son of God, is crying to Dad. He goes, and this is what he says. He goes, Dad, I know you can do anything. You can do anything, so please don't make me go through this. Take this cup from me. The Bible says he prayed that three times. Men, can you imagine if one of your kids, whom you love so much, looks you in the eye and says, Dad, I don't want to go through this. Get me out of this. And he's sweating drops of blood and saying, Look, you can do anything. You can get me out of this situation. And three times he says to you, Please, is there another way? Man, what would you do? And yet at the end of the prayer, Jesus looks at the Father and goes, okay, but not what I want, what you want. Not my will, but your will be done. And then it says in Isaiah 53, verse 10, it says, it was the will of the Father to crush him. It was the will of the Father to crush. So your son is crying out, is there any other way but not what I want, what you want? And God on his throne goes, man, I love you, but what I want is I want to crush you so that you will be an offering, so that you will pay for everyone else's sin. Psalm 52, verses 1 through 9. Doag was an evil man who curried favor with King Saul by spying on David. When David learned what Doag had done, he turned to God for help. For God is the only one who can justly deal with our enemies. 
You know, the tongue can be a force for good or evil. Doak's tongue was boastful, deceitful, and destructive, like a sharp razor. David focused on the goodness of God, not the badness of men, because he knew that God's justice would ultimately prevail. Doak looked like a strong, luxuriant tree, but he would be rooted up, while David would be fresh and fruitful. God protected David's name because David trusted God's name. Rewind. God protected David's name because David trusted God's name. More people call their sons David than Doeg. Have you noticed? Psalm fifty-two, verses one through nine, for the choir director, a psalm of David, regarding the time Doeg the Edomite told Saul that Ahimelech had given refuge to David. You call yourself a hero, do you? Why boast about this crime of yours? You who have disgraced God's people, all day long you plot destruction. Your tongue cuts like a sharp razor. You're an expert at telling lies. You love evil more than good, and lies more than truth. You love to say things that harm others. You liar, but God will strike you down once and for all. He will pull you from your home and drag you from the land of the living. The righteous will see it and be amazed. They will laugh and say, "Look what happens to mighty warriors who do not trust in God. They trust their wealth instead, and grow more and more bold in their wickedness." But I am like an olive tree, thriving in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love, forever and ever. I will praise you forever, O God, for what you have done. I will wait for your mercies in the presence of your people. Proverbs, chapter eleven, verses one through three. The Lord hates cheating, but He delights in honesty. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Good people are guided by their honesty. Treacherous people are destroyed by their dishonesty.